Alright everyone, welcome back. We got episode 46 of Devil's Army Cast on tap for you. This will be our... We, we got a lot going on this episode. I'm excited. This will be kind of like our trade deadline recap. Got a whole bunch going on this one. So hopefully you all will be listening to this one. Maybe Friday, April 16th, Saturday maybe. Not sure yet. Uh, like I said, episode 46, James and Chris, the yep. duo as always. Um, what do I want to say? Episode number 46. Jersey number 46. There's been two in history. Chris, can you give me one of the two? There's no way you know them both, but mm. unless you looked and cheated. I did not look, but I will take a shot in the dark. Um, <clears throat> I can't even take a shot in the dark. I don't know. <laughs> Believe it or not, I did remember one of these, like, war number 46. Carl Stollery. Do you recall Carl Stollery? I do not, know. He was a big-time AHL guy. He actually, I, I was curious because I did remember him. The other one I didn't remember, Mike Cicillo, War 46, or Mustav. See, that name's actually more familiar yeah. to me. Yeah, he got not a decent amount of games in New Jersey, but he played more than Stollery did. So I was curious. Our friend Mike Cicely is retired now, according to Elite Hockey, um, EliteProspects.com, Hockey Prospects. I looked, Mr. Carl Schollery is playing over in the top Italian hockey league, the ISEHL. So good for him. Yeah. Good to see our friend Carl Schollery doing well. Uh, oh, we are recording this like right before the Devils game Thursday against the Rangers. So we're not going to be talking about that game at all. Just want to keep you guys in a loop like we usually do when we're uh, recording this. So you guys know what the timeline's like. But All right. Let me talk about this episode. We got current news for you. You got trade deadline recap, devil specific, trade deadline recap, league wide specific, or league wide. We got post NHL trade deadline predictions. We're going to repredict how we think the season's going to end, who's going to win the cup, who's going to make the playoffs. I kind of remember what I picked preseason. Chris, do you remember how your preseason picks went? Uh, I remember the North Division was not good for me. Okay, so we'll talk about it when we get to it. We got really, really short recaps. We're only recapping like a game or two. Quick preview. Devils are only playing the Rangers and Penguins next week. And then we got the TBD segment. We're going to talk about three really fun things. That's going to be my favorite segment. We got some good discussions there. So, all right, let's get into it. Kurt News. We're going to contract extensions. We'll talk contract extensions this one. With the trade deadline, we saw a decent amount of contract extensions being handed out. So Scott Lawton, the Flyers, I believe he was scheduled to be an RFA. He got a five-year contract, three mil a year. That's a really, really nice contract for Lawton. He's a good hockey player. I mean, good contract for the Flyers. Good one there. Three deep, pretty darn good players got extended. Connor Sheary is playing like a death roll or death roll for the uh, Washington Caps this year. Mm-hmm. He got a nice, uh, very team-friendly deal. Two years, 1.5 mil. And then Alex Iofalo, 26 years old, 27 years old of Out the LA, LA Kings. Re-upped four years, four mil per. All three very solid hockey players. All three very team-friendly deals, in my opinion. So... Our friend Nikita Gusev is in um, Florida now. I don't know if we talked about that last episode, but he's with the Florida I think he was in the process of being waived when we recorded, and then he got picked up after we finished. So, yeah, good for Nikita Gusev. I'm sure he's going to do well there, especially with how that offense has been this year. But we're wishing them all the best. So, last thing we want to talk about current news is the Vancouver Canucks situation was 
they were actually scheduled to play, was it tonight or tomorrow? Yeah, and that's an interesting situation. So they were scheduled to play tonight or tomorrow. And then who was the player that came out and was talking a lot about the situation and basically saying he doesn't feel comfortable to play? Um, one of the players came out, Canucks players, uh, came out, basically said they're not comfortable, they're not ready to come back. Supposedly, the NHLPA had a conversation with the league, and mm-hmm. they – oh, it was JT Miller. Yeah, that JT Miller's been the most interview. vocal. I've seen yes. some bits. So their game got postponed. That They were supposed to come out. A very ugly situation. Um, I was reading before – Guys are still really sick. Most guys may not even be able to play again this year. It was like a variant yeah. of the normal COVID yeah, strand. It, it got yep. real ugly. To yeah. me, it's absolutely insane. And shame yeah. on the NHL for trying to have these guys play again this year. There's yeah. absolutely no reason they should be forced back to play, especially if they don't want to. Mm-hmm. The Canucks are done. They're not going to make the playoffs. You could just use point percentage. So someone on like, well, well, how are you going to put them in the standings? You use their point percentage. Like they're yeah. probably going to have to do this year. So it's not. That's not a big. It's just a shame that they're trying to make them play. And we're discussing this, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, it's. I think this is the first incident so far this season where there's been a COVID outbreak and it's actually one of the new variants that's supposedly like easier to transmit and stuff like that. And the fact that it's right before the playoffs, which gives the NHL less time to schedule it. Like I get why the NHL wants to try and get the games in, but at the same time, like this just, it's not happening. You knew the whole time how bad it was out there. Like, you know, it wasn't like the whole team got infected and like, you know, at least at least for like us comparatively, the Devils who missed some games because most of our team had issues with it. We don't know who was infected or what, but nobody really you heard had any serious kind of stuff going on or complications from it. Whereas with Vancouver, it's like half the team has like serious and staff included like, like coaching stuff. Yeah, it's at one like point. serious cases and stuff. And um, I mean you pay attention you know this thing has complications after you even pass it you know so it's it's a tricky situation um the nhl's better off just not forcing them to play i agree if you got to just you know cancel their season go by points percentage you know um but i, I massive respect for jt miller you know speaking up because it's just crazy out there yeah it's a shame we're wishing everyone in the Canucks organization that's been affected. Absolutely, and family, because I'm sure effective. they've been infected, yeah, that's too. What they so. said. That's the scariest part yeah. they were saying is it spread to the family, too. We're wishing them all the best and hope everyone gets better and is ready to go next year, but they should not have to play anymore this year if they don't want to. That's just shame on the NHL. But All right, moving on. We're going to get to the Devil-specific trade deadline recap. There was one, two, three, four, five moves, not trades, but like five different players being moved. I get, not different players, but five different moves yeah. as a whole. There was one I was surprised with. So, so Zajac Palms for first, a conditional fourth, Greer and Jopst. That we talked about last episode. Yeah. We won't talk about it again. Dmitry Kulkov was sent for a fourth rounder. Conditional, that fourth right? rounder could become a third rounder if – the Edmonton Oilers win their first round playoff matchup, which will probably be against the Winnipeg Jets. I think there's a pretty good chance there. I don't know. I, I like the Jets, so who knows? Yeah. Fourth or third. I still 
in my opinion, I'll let you talk about this next, Chris. I thought the Devils could have got a little bit more. I was a little disappointed with the return Especially on this with one. with the market, yeah. The way the market was, like, setting up and stuff, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think the Devils could have easily got more. Like, um, Kulkov was on a $1 million, $1.15 million contract. Of course, that, of course, that's prorated. So... That was a huge benefit there for teams with this money situation. Especially like cool this season. Cool play this year. Yeah, especially this season. Then you had Cool Calls play this year. He's been elite in his own end this year. And then you had guys like Brandon Montador going for fourth rounders. Or Brandon Montador went with, uh, for a second or third round or whatever it was. Yeah, I was disappointed in this return. They got something which is good. Maybe a third round or so. But, yeah, Chris, if you have anything further you would like to add or – continue on what you were saying yeah i mean um kulikov was you know we've mentioned it before he's been one of our best defensemen so far this season um and especially this season where like the cap is whatever and teams are really trying to be very cautious about it he's got like one of the best deals you can get of any defenseman on the market during the the you know the time period um so good for you know ken holland and edmonton i, I like the move they made i I think it's a win for them more than it's a win for us. You know, yay, yay we got a conditional fourth, but I would have rather that been at least like a third that can turn into a second or something. That's exactly what I put on the page yep. when I was talking about the trade, and I totally I didn't agree with see you that. there. That's, that's like just me off the top of my head. So, yeah, yeah we're saying That's wavelength. exactly what I put out on the page. Totally agree with you there. So, All right. The other move, they brought a player in. This one was a little bit of a surprise. This was like the last guy I would think the Devils would be trading for. Jonas Siegenthaler was acquired from the Washington Capitals Mm -hmm. for a third-round pick. It was the Coyotes' third-round pick the Devils got in the Taylor Hall trade. Third-round pick this year. Devils still have their own third. Siegenthaler's numbers, He's he only played seven games this year for the Caps. He's kind of like that odd man out defensively. He doesn't have, I forget the exact number of NHL games played he has, but it's not a ton. But in those games, he puts up really solid defensive metrics. He's not going to bring you much of anything offensively, which is perfectly fine. But in his 100 and, sorry, in his 97 previous NHL games before being acquired by the Devils, he very solid defensive numbers. Like I said, doesn't bring much offensively, which is okay. He is set to be a restricted free agent after this season. Chris, your thoughts on the acquisition of Mr. Siegenthaler? Yeah, this was the move that surprised me. Um, when I heard we acquired someone, I was like, wait, what? Um, but it's, it sounds like a good deal. Um, see how it shakes out, you know, if he's a good defenseman. I mean, we've we've talked about how the Devils' decor this season has been the best it's really been for a while. Fans are going to yell at you. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it I know. It has been. Yeah. 100% agree. So, I, I like the move. Um, I I got to see Siegenthaler play more, to be honest. I haven't seen him too much, but obviously I've heard good things about him. So, yeah, it's interesting. We'll see how it plays out. He's one of those defensemen. I think the case is going to be like, if you don't notice him, it's a good thing type deal. He's going to be just that defensive defenseman back there. The less you see him or notice him, the better. <laughs> yeah. But by the way, he will have to be protected in the upcoming expansion draft. That's something to keep your eye on. We're actually going to have a discussion about the expansion draft later on. Do so. we even have enough guys for that? 
We do. We the Devils do. <laughs> that was a concern I had early on in the season, but enough forwards have played the amount of games they had to qualify. We'll discuss that all in a little bit. So stay tuned for that. Last two moves, they weren't really moves. They were Devils losing people. Gusev was terminated and it went to Florida like we talked about. But Sammy Votnin, out of all the moves, this was the most surprising to have made. Sammy Votnin got picked up on waivers by Dallas Stars. I did not think he was going to get claimed. I even put out when he was, when he was put on waivers. Because remember that happened like mid-recording last episode? And I was like, oh, yeah, he won't get claimed. There's no way. Well, he did. He got claimed. I was wrong. Surprised. Off to Dallas now goes Sammy. He had a yeah. brutal year for the Devils, but hopefully he figures out with Dallas. Wishing him all the best. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Botman is a dunzo in Devils uniform. I, I would hope and think. That was <laughs> weird watching that game, knowing he was going through waivers, but he was playing. That was weird. Yeah, I didn't think he could I was play. Like, That's why before the yeah. game, I'm like, what are the Devils doing here? We finally yeah. see my boy Josh Jacobs, and nope, same button played still. I'm like, is that a special rule this year because of the taxi squad situation? Like, yeah, I don't no know. Idea. So, interesting quote from GM Tom Fitzgerald after all this was he said he's not going to give away his players for free. He had calls on Ryan Murray, but nothing good enough for him to pull the trigger. Ryan Murray survived the purge of UFAs and still with the Devils. Same with pending UFAs, Scott Wedgwood and Aaron Dell. Really thought Dell was going to get moved more so because all the reports I read, but sometimes the media is wrong most of the time, but oh well. He did mention that Devils did not receive much of any calls on his not on Tom Fitzgerald's non-pending UFAs, like the guys that Devils have under contract. So, no, no, take that with what you will. So, yeah, that's a Devils trade deadline recap. Overall, I didn't think it was terrible given the market. A little disappointed about that cool call move. Thought they could get more. Siegenthaler, I think, is going to be a solid defensive defenseman for this team. He has size. Surprised about Votnin not getting anything for him is a little disappointing, but, I mean, he was not having a good year. There's probably not much of a market there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, overall, it was fine, I guess. <laughs> so, yeah. your overall opinion on this, Chris? Um, I thought it was a, a decent deadline. Um, you know, I was, there was a lot of uncertainty because of the season and uh, the cap situation, how teams were reacting and acting. Um, I honestly reacting didn't. Reacting and acting like yeah, that. Yeah, I didn't even uh, I didn't even expect the Palms deal to go through, to be honest. I, I didn't think that was actually going to happen. What do you mean? Yeah, I wasn't expecting, uh, you know, if Palmieri got moved, I wasn't expecting there to be a lot because teams are very conscientious this year of the cap and all this other stuff. So it's really a wild card for me, and I wasn't expecting Zajac to get moved. That made me sad. Um, <laughs> like it did many Devils fans. Yes. Uh, but that's okay. Th- there were, I mean, there were definitely a couple moves where I feel like the Devils, it, it, I wish they would have gotten more. Like, I wish they would have gotten a little more in the Palm Zajac trade. I wish they would have gotten a little more in the Kulikov trade. The Siegenthaler one is a reverse, so kind of got to see how Siegenthaler plays out, but giving up that third. But, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't give the deadline, like, an A necessarily i wouldn't say it's a failure either it's it's probably within that like low b like low c range b minus. I, I put it somewhere That's in there i give it yeah i agree i'd give it around a b minus so all right we are on to nhl wide deadline recap i'm just gonna go through some trades here me and chris give our opinions on them chris your boy 
John Merrill was moved at the deadline. I know, and unfortunately he not to this. Montreal Canadiens pending unrestricted free agent John Merrill. He was traded for a prospect, Hayden Verbeek, and a 21 fifth rounder. John Merrill's a solid defensive first defenseman. His defensive metrics are really, really good. Put some respect on John Merrill's name. I wonder if he's the reason why um, Murray didn't get moved. Because we, uh, we remember hearing yeah. Murray and Montreal being in a conversation. Yes, so who knows? Montreal got a defensive done, a pretty darn good defensive one. All right, this trade was all kinds of complicated. We have a lot of teams um, facilitating trades to retain salary. So this was a bigger deal. We got the Nick Foligno deal. Um, He went from uh, Columbus to Toronto. Columbus got a first and a fourth round from Toronto. The San Jose Sharks process the deal he retained this sharks technically acquired nick felino but just retained 50 percent and for doing that the maple leaf sent them a fourth rounder and then toronto in total got stefan nason it's nation it's nation, nason. <laughs> and they also got feligno on that deal i i don't know i I wasn't too big of a fan of this trade for Toronto. I really, really love it from Columbus and good for the Sharks getting in there and getting a fourth rounder to do nothing. But, yeah, I don't know. I wasn't too big of a fan. Foligno's a solid hockey player, but he does not bring any offense whatsoever, and he's walking after this year. So mm-hmm. what do you think? Was that, yeah, how do you feel about this trade? The um, Foligno to Toronto. Felino to Toronto. I was surprised. I honestly, in my bones, I felt it was going to be a Pittsburgh trade all the way. Like, going into it, I'm like, Felino's the kind of guy that I'm just going to see Pittsburgh pick up, and I'll be like, all right, Pittsburgh's doing Pittsburgh things. Um, But no, I mean, good for Toronto. Um, There's no doubt they are the team that should come out of the North, I believe. Um, You know, I think either them or Edmonton would be my pick. Um... But, you know, it, like like I said last episode, you know, they're not going to have an early matchup against Boston, but there's still a chance they could meet up with them. And I know that's a traumatizing experience for Leafs fans of late. So credit to them for not taking any chances, you know, loading up here at the deadline. So staying along with Kyle Dubas and the Toronto Maple Leafs, they also acquired, well, you could say, backup goaltender David Ridge from the Flames for a third rounder. Ridge is an okay goaltender. I think he'll be an okay backup for them with the way Freddie Anderson's been struggling, who, by the way, is supposedly healthy again. Mm-hmm. They'll have like a three-headed monster of Frederick Anderson, Jack Campbell, who's done weird things over there, like one, like 10 straighter or whatever it was, and David Ridge, which three – okay goaltenders none of them are spectacular but they should be able to figure which one's doing decent ride the hot hand there so toronto brought in mr rich uh ottawa senators got a seventh rounder for Braden coborn i feel like Braden coborn's he went to the islanders by the way i feel like that's like a blue lamorello special right there the mm-hmm. type of player Braden coborn is just a defensive defenseman death depth option probably there for the Islanders loading up for their playoff run. Senators sent Mike Riley, who's a offensive first, a very, very solid offensive defenseman. He lacks a bit in his own end, but he's a real solid power play guy, produces offensively. Mike Riley to the Bruins for a third rounder in 2022. Um, Bruins were busy, and we'll talk more about them here in a second. 
This trade was by far, I think, the worst trade any team made this this uh, this trade deadline. It's not the Taylor Hall trade we're going to talk about. It's a Jeff Carter trade. The Penguins acquired Jeff Carter from the LA Kings Interesting. for a third round pick and a fourth round pick. Both those picks to kick up. Um, you think that's the worst trade at the deadline here? Jeff Carter sucks, man. Dude, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I know he's not what he once was, but I don't know. There's, a, there's another trade awful. that I absolutely hate. I, I love it for one team, but no, I know the other team makes me about. be like, what are you thinking? Like, what kind no, of dirt does this guy have on you? <laughs> but no, Jeff Carter is brutal, and they gave up a, possibly two third rounders for him. So, But anyway, that's the Penguins doing Penguins things. Uh, Bruins, this was a bigger one. Bruins got Taylor Hall and Curtis Lazar for Anders Bork and a 21 second rounder. This was probably my second least favorite trade at the deadline. Um, I'm interested to talk about the trade that trade you hate because I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. So <laughs> Curtis Lazar and Anders Bork are the same player. It's just Bork is a couple years older than Lazar, might only be one year older. They're both like defensive first forwards. Bork has less experience. So this trade was basically Taylor Hall for a second round pick. Um, I mean, the rumor was that Taylor Hall had a – no, was it no trade clause or no movement clause? So they think the reason because of I that, mean Buffalo probably gave him everything with Boston. that contract. So yeah, I'm pretty sure there there was definitely something in there though, and that's probably why this trade was as dry as it was. But Taylor Hall is off the Boston, very good acquisition for the Bruins. Didn't give up much. That's that. Um, Adam Gaudet went from Chicago to Vancouver for Matthew Highmore. San Jose Sharks. Oh, good friend Frederick or good Frederick Clayson went to the Tampa Bay Lightnings and uh, the Sharks got Magnus Torona. We had Carl Soderberg going back to the Avalanche. I'm sure Soderberg will light it up to end the season with that offense just because that's what happens when you got Colorado who's traded for a couple AHLers. Sam Bennett, this was a decent one. Sam Bennett's trying to get a fresh start over in Florida. Him and a six-round pick with the Panthers going the other way was prospect Emil Heineman and a 22-second rounder. Bennett, when he first broke into the league, looked like he was going to be a really solid young player. Hasn't gone as such. He'll look to rebound and figure out his career in Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, any of these catch your eye? Um, that, I'm, I'm interested to, uh, in the Taylor Hall deal. That's Rangers just, already scored. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> go ahead. Um, side note, I'm going to go off on a tangent here. Uh, I don't know what's going on with my PlayStation or my Xbox, but I can't watch, like, NHL TV on either one for some reason. So I don't know if they, like, prematurely Download. kicked in, like, the ESPN Plus thing no, or what. But that did not happen. Yeah, I had to, like, airplay it from my Mac to my TV last time. Download so. and re- or uninstall and re-download the NHL TV app, maybe. Right. Yeah, I'll try that. But, but that's, back on topic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the trade of trades we talked about caught yeah, your eye. Yeah, the trade I'm most interested in is the Boston one with Taylor Hall. Mm-hmm. And um, I know people are, you know, saying, like, oh, it'll fall apart. It's Taylor Hall. Oh, enjoy him. It's like... You know, that's not why I'm interested in it. I'm interested in it because, you know, we remember the MVP season he had with us when we made the playoffs. He carried us there. And you think about the teams he's played for since then. 
you know, Arizona got off to the hot start that season, but they weren't great. They didn't make the playoffs. Some, or they, they were they dumped did. for fire like before he even got there. You know, they made it into the expanded playoffs. I don't think they would have made it normally, I don't think. But uh, what Arizona wasn't too great of a team. Uh, he signed in Buffalo, which I think all of us were like, okay, he like has to be going for the money here because who, who goes to Buffalo right now to win a cup? Um, you know, n- nope. Not trying to throw massive shade at, at Buffalo, but, you know, it just didn't feel like they were a team that would seriously contend for someone who's trying to say, I want to win. Um, so for me, it's like, okay, now he's on a team that should contend. What, what what happens? Like, how does he play? How does he perform? So that's what I'm interested in. He's finally on a team that legitimately has a, a shot at the cup and stuff, is, is in a, a pretty strong playoff contender. So I'm interested to uh, see how he performs, and especially because he's not going to have, like, the pressure he did in, in Buffalo or Arizona or New Jersey. I mean, granted, he's playing in Boston, like diehard Hockey City, yes, but they already had the perfection line. They have Marshawn, they have Pasta, they have Bergeron. They already have their favorites. So, you know, if Paul has a bad night, it's not – you know, the spotlight's not all on him, you know? So I'm, I'm interested to see. I think it's a, I think it's going to be a good move for Hall. I think he, I wouldn't be surprised if he performs very well while he's there. Yeah. I'm hoping for the best. I really don't like how people treat Taylor Hall. I mean, he's a former MVP and he's not what he once was, but he's yeah. still an effective top six for it. I just, I don't know. I, I don't like it. I don't like the Taylor Hall slander too much, but all right. Moving on, more trades here. We got Matias Janmark. This was a big one, a little interesting trade. Matias Janmark went to Vegas, and he went to Vegas for a second rounder, a third rounder, and a fifth rounder. <laughs> um, Chicago got the second and third from Vegas. The Sharks, once again, facilitated just trade, got a fifth rounder for their trouble. And then the Sharks shot Janmark, who's a very solid defensive player i guess i don't know this one's a little confusing didn't like this one too much for vegas either but good for chicago chicago fourth rounder sent mass and bowie who's just not a great defender over to vancouver man chicago made moves looking at this now all right this is the one i know you were ragging on before this is the red wings acquired Hall, oh, Richard Panic, Jacob Rana, first rounder second rounder for anthony manta chris go ahead you talk about this um can Steve Eiserman be our GM, please? I mean, him and Joe Sackick are just tearing really this league apart. I, I love Tom Fitzgerald. I love Tom Fitzgerald. It was, it was not meant to be a slight to Fitzgerald. It's just more how Eiserman just gets his way with every deal everywhere he's been. Like, it, it's crazy how this keeps happening. You know, people joking, like, if he has dirt on the other GM, you know? <laughs> um... Gosh, just so much the other way. Like, Jacob Braun is, you know, a solid player. I, I'd take him for the team, our team in a heartbeat. Um, and then the picks that went the other way. Mantha's a great player, but I just think they severely overpaid. Um, I mean, who knows? Maybe Mantha, you know, proves he was worth all of that. You know, there's always that possibility, too. Um, I think it, I think I read like the GM said contract situation came into the decision-making a little bit. Mantha um, has a lot more term. I, he's, yeah. he's on a pretty good contract. Um, I also read a but, dumb comment too, which was like, they were talking about like, yeah, there's a lot of those out there. Was, well, I'm talking about like from the GM or whatever. And he's like, yeah, Verona was struggling. And I, I believe I read this. I think I saw it on like Instagram on like a TSN or Sportsnet or something like they, they had like a quote or something. I believe it was the GM, but 
I could be wrong, for uh, Washington. He was saying, like, yeah, Verona has been struggling. You know, he's been trying to work with the, the staff to, like, get his game, you know, better. And uh, it just it hasn't been going and stuff like that. And it's like, okay, well, I mean, he, he's still a solid player. And if he's struggling, you know, you should you should stick with him. Like, he has that potential. I don't know. To me, I read that. I'm like, so you're giving up on him, like, pretty quickly. You know, I just I was surprised. I didn't think Verona would get moved. So I don't like that deal at all for Washington, Detroit. Man, I I, <laughs> I know you guys haven't won the first overall pick, but you guys are winning these like trades and signings and everything. And uh, you know, hopefully you guys end up with the number one this year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't I didn't necessarily think the trade it was as like one sided as you may you're like making out to be i mean a lot of people though shared the opinion mm. that you have that like what the heck was washington doing and to be clear i think I mean, Mantha's Detroit. A, I, yeah i think Mantha's is a great player i just think washington paid way more than they they needed to or should have yeah so i, I totally agree with you in that statement Mantha is a very very good hockey player very very good defensively produces a a lot of shot attempts. He had a goal to assist, I think, in his first game with Washington. He's going to be a good player on a solid contract for however many years for Washington. Jacob Vaughn is a hell of a player. Very, very underrated player. Richard Panik's a pretty darn good player. I don't know how much longer his contract is. And then you get a first and a second rounder. It's a hell of a deal for Detroit. Mm -hmm. Mantha's a great player, though. Weird trade. Came out of nowhere, but yeah, I was that's what it is. Stunned when I read it. I was stunned when I saw it, and then I was stunned when I read all the details. I'm like, what? Yeah, it is what it is. Uh, Eric Gustafson went to the Canadians, another defenseman for a seventh rounder. That I think I even said how that was going to backfire on the Flyers because he's not that all that great. But um, yeah, Eric Gustafson's just like a power play only defenseman. So Canadians got him. Aiden Flurry for Yanni Hockenpah, uh and a sixth rounder. I'd like to trade for the Hurricanes. Yanni Hockenpah's a decent younger defenseman, not a lot of experience. He's a pending UFA. Hayden Flurry hasn't panned out. Hopefully he'll get his career jump started in Anaheim. Eric Bryanson. Oh boy, um, the Nashville perfect John Hines acquisition. Such, such <laughs> a perfect John Hines acquisition for a seventh round and a pr- uh, prospect. Michael Roffel, who struggled a decent bit this year and in the past, fifth rounder from Philly to Washington, and Jordy Ben went to Winnipeg from the Canucks. Overall, Chris, who's your winner and loser from this deadline? You can have a couple teams. Winner, so I, I clearly, based off what I just said before, think Detroit's a winner. Um, I think Boston did a very good job as well. I, I put them in the winning column. Um, trying to think if there's any other team I would, because there's a lot of teams that's like, yeah, you know, good move. But I'm thinking like absolute win. Um, yeah, I think I'm just gonna have you know Boston and Detroit um, as my two main winners. Boston know, and Detroit. I know Tampa got Savard, but that was another deal where I felt like they paid more than they needed to. Um, I mean, Washington, I'm not going to call them losers because they did get a good player. You know, again, I just don't agree with how much they shelled out to get him. Um, I don't, 
I don't think I really have any losers other than maybe the Devils because there's a couple pick, you know, trades. Like I said, I wish we kind of got more. Um, but it's not like a huge L. Um, there's a lot of these teams where it's just more. I, I think they didn't get enough or they pay, overpaid. But it's not a situation where I don't think the move they made was not warranted and that they shouldn't have done it. You know. Got you. It's more of like the value uh, in each trade that I have a, an issue with. Mm-hmm. I don't no, think I there's any team across the board that made a, a, a stupid like acquisition where like what they got is not going to help them. You know. Yeah. Um, by the way, uh, no, and I agree with almost everything you said. But by the way, it's now two nothing Rangers. Oh, um, nice. We're at the twelve forty eight mark of the first period. Mackenzie Blackwood's let two in that he probably should have saved. He has not had a good season. I think it's safe to say that Blackwood season has not been good. Yeah. Not to say like, oh, I'm worried. He's not the answer in net. Devils need to get a goalie next year. It's just he's had a down season, and with everything that's going on, him having COVID and all that. Yeah, I mean, he was great until the COVID, it, but, but yeah, he was very solid being the year. COVID happened. He was not good for a while there. He hit a stretch of a couple games where he looked like his old self, and then since then he's just not been good. Like I said, not worried about it, but you just got to something you can't ignore, you know. Mm-hmm. But um. My winners and losers like a lot what Boston did. Big fan. I like what Chicago did. A lot of rebuilding, acquiring assets, retaining salary. Same thing with San Jose. A lot of retaining salary for them. Detroit, very, very solid deadline for them. Do not like what Pittsburgh did with that Jeff Carter deal at all. Florida had a interesting deadline they added players and sam bennett and montator but they gave up a lot for those players so i'm not too big of a fan of like what they gave up to get what they acquired type of deal Uh um but yeah i think that kind of touches out um oh columbus they had nice they got two first rounders they're going to be loaded with first round picks this year um with the savard and nick feligno trades so they made out really well um, all right, that's our trade deadline discussion, NHL-wide. Anything you want to add here before we move on to our post-NHL trade deadline predictions for the rest of the season? I mean, it was definitely a more active deadline than I expected it to be. It was. I expected that it to be true. very quiet. Um, I still think it sucked. but Yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't like, you know, I, I was expecting there to be almost no moves. So the fact that there were that many, you know, I think it's it's a good deadline and some good activity. So we'll see how much of it actually helps. Um, but yeah, I, I I was entertained by it. A lot of good action. Yeah, for for the circumstances, I think it was decent. All right, are we on to the post NHL trade deadline predictions? That's where we're on. Reminder, this is how the format's going to work. We have four divisions this year, the top four teams in each of the divisions. Listen here, Chris. Yep. Ready? Top four teams in each division, because this is complicated to me, too, and I totally forgot about this. Top four in each division make the playoffs. These one through four are seeded. One, two, three, four based off points, point percentage, whatever they're doing. One plays four, two plays three. They play that out in two rounds. After those two rounds, you're going to get one from each division. That are going to advance. Those four remaining teams, you with me, right? Four remaining teams out of those four divisions. Yeah. They have, they're going to be reseeded based off their point percentage, total points. So if the East winner has the most points of all four of those teams in the regular season, they're the one seed. So one, two, three, four. Four plays one, two plays three. Winner of those, you get your Stanley Cup between the winner of that, like, 
those games, and then that's how this is formatted. Okay. Okay. It complicated to me, too. I yeah, forgot, so. so it's basically bracket style the first two rounds within the division, and then once you get to the final four, it's reseeded based off point percentage. Yeah, so. All right. West. Uh, I, I got the standings in front of me, too. I'm assuming you have them near you, too, so you, we know what we're looking at. Yeah, let me pull so, them up real quick. All right. Before we uh, get into our actual predictions here, now we know how the format is. The Devils are now down 3 nothing to the Rangers. So. Oh, boy. Yeah, not great. Match probably get yanked after the first. So the third goal was not him, but the first two weren't so good. But anyway, all right, our predictions. We got the standings up. We're going to start in the West. I believe I got these first four correct. I think you did too. This was probably the easy, easier ones to predict. I think it's going to stay this way. I don't know what the order is going to be. But, uh, Colorado, Vegas, Minnesota, and St. Louis. So we have to, or what you're going to predict. Yeah. Um, I think they might actually stay like this. One, two, three, chance, yeah. four, two. So uh, for many. Colorado versus St. Louis and Vegas versus Minnesota. I think pretty easily we're going to have a Colorado Vegas West final here. You agree? A Colorado versus Vegas, you said? Yeah, out of this division. Yeah, I agree. You're going to have... You're going to have Colorado and Vegas. I mean, good on Minnesota. Uh, you know, they yeah, started out pretty rough. Um, good job climbing back into it and everything, but I think your two uh, biggest powerhouses, not only in this division, but in the West, are Colorado and Vegas. So Okay, so uh, before we give who we're going to pick there, we'll move on to the East. Um, I think if this one stays the way to... I forget if I had Philly in the playoffs or not in the preseason. I might have. But either way, I think it's going to... This is another one that's basically all but decided here. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think I did have Philly in and Pittsburgh out. I think that's how I had it. Um, other than that, I think I had Washington, the Islanders, and Boston making it. Yeah, so Washington... Washington versus Boston is going to be a fun matchup. Uh, Boston, I think, is better than how they've been playing. Uh, give me give me Boston over Washington here. A little upset. Ooh. I think Tuca is think more reliable too? than the duo. Yeah, I do love them a lot. So I'm going to take Boston over Washington. And then uh, give me... Um, give me the Islanders over Pittsburgh, I guess. Yeah, I mean, that's a close see, one too, though. See, that's one where I would pick Pittsburgh over the Islanders. Believe it or not. There you go. If you look no, at the season I, I, I series, could see it go, uh, I Pittsburgh could see it has played. Way. They they've played the Islanders very well. I don't know what it is. I don't know if Pittsburgh plays basically the Islanders game when they play them. But for some reason this year, just like we play good against Boston. Pittsburgh has played well against the Islanders this year, so if that's a yeah, matchup you know in the what? first round, I'd be nervous as an Islanders fan. Yeah, I'm going to sit on that one, but right now I got Boston and uh, Islanders, and you have Washington? Are you going Washington or Boston? Yeah, I'll um, I'll stick with Washington. Okay, so you have yeah. Washington, Pittsburgh, and I have Boston Islanders right now. We'll, we'll revisit. Mm-hmm. All right, North Division, another one where the top four is decided. Yeah. Um, and this one ain't changing either. So it's going to be Toronto versus Montreal, which is a hell of a first-round matchup. Quite a rivalry, yep. Yeah, it's a hell of a first-round matchup. Uh, <laughs> screw it. No, Toronto. I picked Toronto to go to the cup preseason, so I'll stick with it. But I love Montreal. Yeah, I mean, uh, Montreal is solid. Um, do we see the carry price from, like, the entry round last year where he stole Probably some not. games? I, you know, I don't know. Um, but I, I'm 
I'm going to pick Toronto to go pretty far this year, to be honest. So I'm going to stick yeah. with them here this first round. Sorry, Devils conditional fourth rounder, but I'm going with Winnipeg. So I got a Winnipeg-Toronto um, final in the north. Ah. What do you got? Um, I'm going to go with uh, Toronto and Edmonton. Gotcha. I think so Edmonton I can pull off an upset against uh, Winnipeg. Yep, we got Toronto and Winnipeg. So on to the Central. I think this is going to be how it's going to be here at Carolina, Tampa, Florida, Nashville. I think it's going to be in that order too. Nah, yeah, but they got to stick with that. Maybe Dallas does something here. They got a whole bunch of games in hand. Yeah. But I think it's going to stick with Nashville. I mean, Bishop's done for the year too, right? Yeah, they haven't really just came relied out. on him in forever, though. No, but I know he was part of the cavalry that was expected to come, you know, for the yeah. playoff push. Same mm-hmm. with, like, Sagan and stuff, so. Yeah, so Carolina, Tampa, Florida, Nashville, you think it's going to stay those four? Um, yeah, I, I see it being those four. I think Chicago, you know, Chicago could make a run for it. They really could have. But they are, you know, credit them. They're sticking to their guns. They, or they told their fans they're rebuilding, you know. They could try and make the playoffs, but it's not, I guess, in their long-term interest. So I see it being those four. Yeah, very good deadline for them. So I have a Tampa Bay versus Carolina final in this division. That's a really good matchup, too. Mm -hmm. All right, going back through these. Vegas versus Colorado, who you got? Vegas versus Colorado. I'm going to go with Colorado. I am, too. So I have the Avs advancing. So does Chris out of the West. You have... um, Washington taking on Pittsburgh. Who do you have in that one? I'm going to go with Washington. Okay. I have the Bruins taking on the Caps. I'm going to go Boston. I have them going through. Interesting. Um, Toronto versus Winnipeg. I have Toronto. You have the Toronto same, I'm pretty sure. Toronto versus Edmonton. Um, you have Toronto versus Edmonton. Yeah. And I'm going I'm to give the Leafs the – I'm going to pick them this year. Leafs Nation. This is, yeah. this is your year, Leafs Nation. <laughs> Um, Carolina versus Tampa. I want to pick Carolina so bad, but Tampa is Tampa, so I got to go Tampa. Deep, man. Yeah. Okay, so let me look real quick. They got 690. Sorry, just looking at. Now you're good. All right, so Colorado is going to be the one seed in our remaining four teams. They're going to be up top. And then for me, it's going to be Colorado. Toronto, Tampa, Boston. So I got a Colorado Bruins first matchup. I got Colorado over the Bruins. Then I got Toronto versus Tampa Bay. And then I have Tampa Bay. So I have a Tampa Bay, Colorado, Stanley Cup. Okay. Mm-hmm. So who are your four teams again? My four were Toronto, Tampa, Colorado, Colorado. and then um, Washington. Yeah, Washington. Yeah. Okay, so your matchups are going to be most likely um, Washington versus Toronto. Who do you have there? Toronto. Okay, so you have Toronto and the Stanley Cup taking on either Colorado or Tampa Bay. Hmm. I'm going to say... I'm going to say... That's so I got Colorado and Tampa my, playing each other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In the semis. And that's my... That is my Stanley Cup matchup. See uh, how this format works? It's yeah, all kind of weird. So I'm going to go Colorado to win the Cup. But what do you have between Colorado and Tampa? 
I think I'm going to go Colorado over Tampa, which leaves me with a Leafs Avs final. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Who do you have there? Do you have I think um, I really want to believe it's Leafs year, but I, I, I think I'm going to pick Avs again. <laughs> there you go. I think that's wise of you. So, yeah, that's our uh, after trade deadline prediction. I think before the season started, I had Colorado over Toronto in my final. I'm almost certain that's what I had. So I think I picked Colorado, but my midseason predictions, just because the way it lines up, I have Colorado and uh, Tampa, but that's how she goes. All right, moving on. Quick game recaps here. Only two games from the past week. We had two Devils losses. Um, Devils have now lost. It's going to be four in a row after they lose this Rangers game if they don't come back. Um, they're one six and two in their last nine, and two eight and two in their last twelve. Not good news there. Bad news Bears. Jesper Bratt and Pavazaka also both injured and missing time. Not 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 too good. Anyway, on four eleven they lost to Pitt five two. Pittsburgh controlled this. Pittsburgh didn't control the whole game, but they scored a lot of goals. They scored five. Um, Devils were had more shots. The underlings point to them as having more chances and all that, but they lost. Blackwood was okay. I wouldn't say struggled. It wasn't his best, though. Yeah, four on 24 ain't too good. But um, the other game was a 3-0 shutout against the Rangers. Igor Sturkin was great. Had his first career shutout. Blackwood in net. Um, shots and goal were 27-20. You could argue in this one, too, that that was for the better team. I feel like that's just how their season has gone. Um, anything you want to add from these two games? Disappointing. That's all I can really say. Just disappointing. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty good word for it. Yeah. All right, well, that's all the games that we had in the past week. So moving on, they have this game they're playing tonight on the 15th, and they're in New York on the 17th, and they're home versus the Rangers on the 18th. That finishes up that four-game set, and then they have the Penguins on the 20th, 22nd, and 24th, all in Pittsburgh. So that's the upcoming week. You know all about the Rangers. You know all about the Penguins. That's that's how she goes. Mm-hmm. Anything you want to add there before we move on to this TBD segment? Uh, I, I would kind of like to see the Devils at least win a game against the Rangers, please. Yeah, that'd be um, nice. Pittsburgh will be interesting as always because we always seem to play Pittsburgh well. So that's basically all I have to say. That's all. That's all she needs. I mean, uh, yeah. All right, TBD segments, our last segment of the pod. First, we're going to quickly talk about the expansion expansion draft. So kind of like just a little rules here for you. Teams have two different options of protecting players. They could either do the 7-3-1, which is seven forwards, three D-men, one goalie, or they could do an 8-1, which is eight forwards or defensemen and one goalie. I guess if you want to do 8-1, it's because you want to protect more than three defensemen or you want to protect more than seven forwards. I don't know why people would do the 8-1 option, but that's it's there as an option. <laughs> um, no movement clauses always have to be protected. And I believe guys that are long-term injured are exempt from all this stuff. Could be wrong there, though. Um, Vegas, they're exempt from this. They don't they're not participating, so the Seattle Kraken will not be selecting a player from Vegas. They'll be selecting players from the other 30 teams, 14 forwards, 9 defensemen, and 3 goalies. That's the format. Um, so the 
teams also have something called an exposure requirement. Teams have to expose two forwards that have played either 27 games this year or 54 games across the past last two seasons. They have to expose at least one defenseman that fit that qualification, and they have to expose at least one goalie that's under contract. That was what Chris brought up earlier, where Chris was like, do the Devils even have enough yeah. guys to fit this criteria? Concern, they yeah. finally do. It was a concern there for a little bit. So the concern was, is forward-wise, the Devils, for a while there, looked like they may had to expose a Miles Water like Andres Janssen because guys like Michael McLeod, Yanni Kuokinen, Igor Shangovich, Nathan Bastian were not, like, didn't suffice that 27-game mark or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. However, they all do now. And also Nick Merkley, 11 games away from sufficing that. And the Devils have 15 games left, so he should hit that hole too. So in terms of exposure requirements, they're more than fine when it comes to that area, which is good. Yeah. So I don't know if you want to take a quick gander here, but what it looks like. So Devils... Forward-wise, you, you expect them to go 7-3-1. That's, that's common sense there, unless something weird happens. But forward-wise, Nico Hishir, Miles Ward, Jesper Bratt, Pavel Zaka, those four I think are locked in to be protected, right? Mm-hmm. So that leaves three forwards out of Andres Janssen, Nick Merkley, Michael McLeod, Yanni Kokinen, Igor Sharangovich, and Nathan Bastian. Out of those three... I personally think they should go Janssen, Igor, and Yanni, and that would leave Nathan Bastian and Michael McLeod as their two qualified exposed guys, along with a plethora of other guys. But um, I think that's how they should go. Do you agree? I do. And I I wouldn't rule out, you know, maybe potentially a deal like we saw when – Vegas was drafting, you know, teams were trading with them to try and make sure they wouldn't take certain players and stuff like that. So I, I wouldn't rule that out either, but it's unlikely. Yeah, I talked to Alex Stravansky, and he actually thinks that they're going to go McLeod over Janssen, which would be interesting, mm-hmm. which I, like I could see McLeod's the Devils done doing. This year. Yeah, I mean, his underlying are still not pretty. He brings a special element to the team that most players haven't in years past, so mm. I can definitely see the Devils going that route. But once again, Andres Janssen has not nearly been as bad as many people are bringing him out to be, and he would be – I would prefer to retain him. Things happen, though. Defensive-wise, you got pickings between PK, Damon Severson, Will Butcher, and uh, the new guy, Jonas Siegenthaler. Out of those four, you pick three. I think it's going to be Subban, Severson, and Siegenthaler, just because why acquire Siegenthaler if you're not going to protect him unless you think the team wouldn't take him? So that would leave Will Butcher unprotected. I think that's who Vegas is going to end up snagging. Well, I think also, you know, you expose Subban, it's kind of your joker, if you think about it, um, in the sense of like, yeah, yeah, if you want to take Subban, go ahead and take him. Just uh, remember what that cap hit is for your your cap. You know, there there were teams that would expose guys who had high cap, not because they wanted to lose them, but because they just, you know, they took a gamble. They're like, okay, he's got a high enough cap hit that maybe this keeps Vegas from taking them because they don't want that high of a cap with that and they want, you know, room. So Subban's contract could have him exposed in the expansion draft, but not in the sense that the Devils 
would want him to be taken or are trying to have him taken. They're just playing, you know, the odds of like, what are the odds this team's going to want to take on his entire contract? Not high. Hey, that is a very good point you're bringing up. So, I don't think the Devils are going to go that route. They certainly can, and that's a really good point I didn't really think about. Mm-hmm. Losing Kike Sudan, I know some people may not agree, but I think that would be a yeah. big hit for this team. Pique yeah, Sudan has really stepped PK up this part this year. I know he's yeah, I totally a lot. understand. I don't want yeah. him gone either, but yeah. you know, no, maybe some point. 40, 3D chess moves kind of going on there. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, in the end, I think it's going to be between Will Butcher or Andres Janssen, who the uh, Seattle Kraken take from the Devils. Maybe it's like a Michael McLeod, Nick Merkley type. Uh-huh. But um, I, I think it's going to be either Butcher or Janssen. So. I, I agree. So that's your uh, Seattle Kraken. Um Expansion draft preview. We are going to have a full episode dedicated to where we're going to mock it. We're going to have our own little mock. Mm-hmm. Who, who, how we think the Seattle Kraken are going to turn out to? Thanks to Cat Friendly, but that'll be down the yeah. road. Um, all right. Next topic of conversation. We're going to talk about real quickly. About yeah, we'll go updated Devils assets. So. How's the Devils' outlook look for this upcoming offseason? How they currently stand? Currently, they have 11 million in cap space. They have one retention of contract slot left. What that means is the Devils can only retain the salary of one other player. Right now, they're retaining Palmieri and Zajac's salary. You get three slots, so they have one remaining. What they could do with this slot is if they make a trade after the season ends, before the expansion draft, they could trade one of their players, retain their salary to a team. Maybe that helps them there. But the main way you could use this as a weapon is retaining this... Yeah, that's that's the way they, if they move a player. Because Tom Fitzgerald said he wanted to save that with the expansion draft, but I don't know how he would salary, use the retention of his own player. Maybe he would use it. I'm, I'm an idiot. I know how he'd use it. How San Jose and Chicago are using it, facilitating a deal for a team type thing. That's how it would be used, most likely, or he could use it on his own player. So that's something to keep your eye on there. Mm-hmm. Finally got got explained correctly. All right. Um, after the season ends, the Devils are going to have thirty million in cap space. Chris, season Yee. end, they're going to have eight draft picks to couple with that thirty million dollars in assets. They are going to have eight or eight draft picks in the twenty-one draft. Two first rounders, of course. In the twenty-two draft, they have ten picks. Um, Devils will have fifteen pending restricted free agents and nine unrestricted free agents. No one really crazy, especially with the unrestricted free agents. Um, there's something else I wanted to add here. Oh, so a little preview here. This is before the Devils-Rangers game. Devils currently slot in that sixth best or sixth on the NHL draft like slots. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting to watch, watch here because there's like a real good chance the way they've been playing they could possibly even move up the fourth which is Anaheim right now and this has a lot to do with the games remaining they also have a lot of games to play and the teams in front of them don't and the teams in front of them have been winning so Detroit's 5-3-2 and two in their last 10 and Anaheim's 5-4-1 and one. And New Jersey two six and two, so they're breathing down their necks. Maybe the Devils can move up the fourth. I have no way. I'm anti tank. I'm. I just want to get that out of the way. Yeah, I'm not rooting I'm, for the Devils to lose. I'm done with the I'm bad just, seasons at this point. I'm just I giving just you guys successful. an outlook on how it's looking right now. I'm not advocating for them to lose. Tanking stupid doesn't exist. That's just what I'm saying. Anyway, 
that's your update on how the Devils assets and everything are looking going forward. Very excited for this offseason. Just a little scheduling here for you. July 17th is when the NHL protection lists have to be in. The players you're protecting. July 21st is the expansion draft. July 23rd and 24th is the NHL draft. July 28th is when free agency opens. That's that's an exciting week there at the end of July. Mm-hmm. I'm also already doing my research. I have gone through every single pending unrestricted free agent and wrote little notes about them and who I think may fit for the devil. So be on the lookout for there. I don't know how I'm going to release if it's going to be like one article. It's going to be a whole bunch of different articles, but I'm excited for that. I did a lot of work on that this weekend. All right. Last segment here or last part chunk of content before we end here out. Is this devil's inability to score the damn puck and the whole idea of how for years that yeah for years this year a lot so much Um, yes but me the stats nerd also want to talk about how their play has kind of been why like just doesn't make sense and it ties back into their inability to score. Um, how do we want to do this? Should I just keep blabbling on, or do you want to talk a little bit about? I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, going to your adva- advanced stats. We'll we'll start out there. Okay. So so the main advanced stats there are Corsi, which is a me- measure of shot attempts. Right, shot attempts are important. Mm-hmm. And also expected goals, which basically takes Corsi and refines it to measure how dangerous these shot attempts are, and really lays out like how many goals you're supposed to be scoring off the shot attempts you get. The Devils rank at 5v5 this year, 6th in the shot attempt ratio, Corsi 4 percentage, and 11th in expected goals for ratio. That doesn't make sense by their record, right? No. Um, at, this is at 5v5, and this is like all scores. doesn't matter what to score in the game. So my mind was going, all right, well, Devils play from behind a lot. So you wouldn't you think their numbers might be inflated a bit, right? Mm-hmm. Incorrect. <laughs> when the score is tied, these numbers are even better. Well, not the Corsi. The Corsi is seventh, which is the same, but their expected goals jump up to fifth, which it just doesn't make sense. These The Devils, on a nightly basis, are out-attempting, out-quality-chancing their opponents, but they're still losing. It's madness. In my mind, yeah, in my mind, that, that situation usually points to four different things. One is bad non-5v5 play, which is true. The Devil's power play has not been good. The play kill has not been good. That attributes to it. Mm-hmm. Number two is bad goaltending. I which has say kind of happened Devils, a little bit. Yes, I wouldn't say the Devils have flat out been awful goaltending, but their goaltending has not been good this year. Mackenzie Blackwood ranks 20... Hang on, I want to get the number right here. Give me one second. Mm-hmm. All right. Mackenzie Blackwood is number 25 in the NHL in terms of goaltender save percentage above expected. 25th. Not great. His save percentage is close to 900, which also isn't great. Overall save percentage, New Jersey ranks 26 in the NHL. Not good. Bad goaltending, bad penalty kill, bad PK. That all attributes to it. The other stat is just being flat out unlucky and PDO is something I've talked about in this podcast before. You want a PDO at one that shows a team that's getting what they're doing on the ice is happening. No bad luck, no good luck. Anything above one's usually pretty lucky. Anything below one's usually not lucky. The Devils are certainly on the not lucky side, but it's nothing crazy. It's not it's not an explanation for what's happening. 
I want to say 65% of why what's happening is just their inability to put the puck in the net. Bad finishing. Devils yeah. have countless great opportunities on a nightly basis, and they're not finishing on them. Um, it, it's just – and the numbers tell you that. If you're generating the fifth best expected goal ratio in the NHL, this shows you're getting quality. You're not giving up a ton. Their high danger shot attempt ratios or like the high danger numbers are both top 10 in the NHL at like other at different like – different types of scores, different strength, top 10. So that's showing they're getting the quality. They're just not finishing them. And I think the lack of goal scores on this team is something that needs to be addressed ASAP. Yes, you have Alexander Holtz in the wings, but one 19-year-old kid ain't going to fix it for you. Yeah. You got Nolan Foote who's going to be a solid, should be a solid goal scorer. I don't think that's, you, you can't settle in there. I mean, it's it's dangerous game relying on two guys that have never played in the NHL before that still need to develop to automatically fix your goal scoring problems. You got to address it in free agency or trades. Mm-hmm. I agree. Go ahead. I mean, I Anything know, um, I don't know off the top of my head, but do you happen to know how Bobby Ryan is doing out in Detroit this year? He is out for the rest of the year. He's out for the rest of the year. How was he doing before that? Was he, yeah. was he producing? Uh, well, he's old too. Okay. I mean, he was like a guy, 35. you know, again, though, we needed goal scorers and he was a guy who wanted the devils to take a flyer on, um, you know, take a shot with him. Cause if he's back, he's a really good goal scorer. Um, I, I agree. Yeah, you know, the, the devil's issue for seasons now has been, you know, not putting the puck in the back of the net. Yes. There were some years where we weren't great defensively, but, Defense is not the problem yeah, this year, that's, folks. That's not the issue. Yeah. <laughs> Goaltending and the inability to score the puck and bad special teams. And I mean, the past like couple games that I've watched, I think between like Pittsburgh and um, the Rangers and stuff, there were chances, opportunities were there. I mean, the the Devils just weren't putting it home. Like good quality scoring chances. So it, it's frustrating. It's hard to describe. I don't. I don't know. Um, yeah, I gotta disagree with the Bobby Ryan thing. Um, where is it? I have his well, age why, right here. That's why like, I was asking you how he how he did this year. You know, he's he's 34 years old. He's had an okay season, but I think he's past what the Devils are looking for. Like I said, I went through every single pending free agent. I'll throw you some names. A little sneak peek at what I researched: Thomas Tatar, Gabriel Landeskog's a free agent, but I mean that's like the number one free agent. Jaden Schwartz. Ryan DeZingle, uh, DeZingle, Mike Hoffman, Brandon Saad, Kyle Palmieri. Those are like your main goal scorers in free agency. Uh, Mark, uh, Mikel Granlund, Philip Denault. Those some names to keep an eye on. We'll, we'll talk more about free agency, though, as it gets closer. But those are some names for you. A little tease there. So, All right. Anything else you want to add here, Chris? I feel like I've, I talked way too much during these things, but it is what it is. Their podcast, right? No, I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah, you you do talk a lot, but the points you bring up are, are important, and um, it's just it's frustrating this year. I mean, the defense again is not the issue. Um, it, Devils, uh, watching the past couple games at least, you know, the opportunities are there. It's just not burying them. So. And uh, we're we're I'm done, you know. At this point, with you know, learning experience and growing pains, it's like, so, you know, we we got to start doing something here soon. Otherwise, we're gonna end up like Buffalo. That scares the daylights out of me. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we're a we're a PG podcast, Chris. 
I had to catch myself there. <laughs> you just said the little bleeper, but yeah, Chris, you, you nail it. It's just frustrating getting tired of watch. I think, though, like going back to the segment where I just blabbered on about advanced stats and all that fun stuff, I think what that tells you, though, is Lindy Ruff's system is, is, is good. Yeah, they they have the correct system. He's implementing it the correct way. They just need to get some guys that fit better in that system than could put the damn puck in the back of that. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So I don't know. A lot, a lot of a very. I feel like we say this every year, but the, it's very important off season for the Devils, especially with the expansion draft. We're gonna have a tons of content here. I'm very, very excited with the draft coming up. End of July, it's gonna pop off, which is a couple months from now, but. It's coming oh, yeah. quick. It's going to be a lot of fun. Well, anyway, thanks for listening, everyone. Anything you want to add here, Chris, before we sign off? Let's go Devils, baby. <laughs> yes, sir. As always, everyone stay safe out there, and we'll hopefully talk to you guys sometime next week.